Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode of the Deepwater Podcast. Glad you can jump in and join me today. When I first recorded this, and I say first because I recorded this quote-unquote beautiful, probably the most eloquent podcast that I'd ever done, and I was sitting out looking over the Canadian River, and when I got home, I had done something wrong on my recorder, and it had not recorded. So here's take two. So today I decided we hadn't caught up on uh, discipling Disciple A in a little bit, and I wanted to jump in. And so there's been a few weeks. He's been gone. I've been busy. He's been gone. Stuff's happened in his family. So I've only got to meet in person for a specific time together, to spend time together once in about the last three weeks. And we won't meet again this week. Uh, due to some family health concerns. So I've been on the phone, done some of that. And and that's a thing is you can disciple somebody on the phone. And certainly uh, he and I's relationship is far more than just when we meet once a week. And so we are in touch with each other on the phone and, and we see each other on Sunday, but we're both typically busy on Sunday with other things. And so we don't, we say hi, but we don't usually spend a lot of in-depth time. We save that for another time. So anyway... You can do it, but it is just so much better in person because on the phone, what I find is that you kind of cut to the chase, which is some of you guys would say is very efficient, but I'm not exactly sure that God designed in disciple making to be efficient. Anyway, but when you're in person, you chase a few rabbits and you get some more personal interaction in that and the relationship that builds, the history it builds, the stories is something that is very important. So last time we met, uh, this is kind of some of the things we've been chatting about. One of them, you know, so he's trying to disciple a couple of guys himself. And one of them, they've had just a number of problems with scripture memory. He's working at it, working hard, has some problems with it, but he's working at it. Uh, the guys, one of them came back and said, like, I just, like, I've never been able to memorize things. I don't think I can. And it, kind of in this thought of like, man, maybe I need to, maybe, maybe this isn't cut out for me. And so what we talked about is like the purpose of, there's a lot of good reasons to memorize Scripture. One is it gives the Holy Spirit a vocabulary. But another reason is it helps you meditate on Scriptures. And so what I had told him is like maybe if the guy has put all this pressure on himself, we'll say, hey, listen, relax. Okay, if you, if you can't memorize it, let's just meditate it. Why don't you meditate on this one Scripture every day you know, for a week? And then you can put it in kind of a, a different system. One of the ways I heard as a girl that was on my wife's team overseas, and her name was Abby, and she shared this once, and I thought it was a brilliant way to meditate. She said, you take a verse, we're just going to use John 3.16, since basically we all know it. You take a verse, and every time you say it, you just emphasize a different word. And so you go through the whole verse that way. So the first time you'd say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Think about that for a minute. And then you go through again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever. And for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. And it kind of gives you this chance to catch every flavor of the verse there. Anyway, it's a great way to meditate. I suggested he try that uh, with the fellow he was discipling. I also asked him 
couple different times, like, so what are you wanting to see these guys grow in? And one of the great things when someone you disciple is discipling someone else is it helps them start seeing some things in different ways, the things you're teaching them as they try to teach them to somebody else or the things you're trying to impart to them. As they try to impart that to someone else, it opens up some some avenues for them to see themselves differently. And maybe sometimes there's things that, that you're working on with someone and you're like, man, are you, I just can't ever, I try to say it 10 different times, but nothing's clicking. And then they will in turn, when, they, when they're trying to teach it, it just clues into them in a little different way. And I also wanted him to start thinking about, okay, how do, how do people grow? How do decide, you know, what is it that they need next? And so, getting some strategic thoughts there. We also, uh, a couple weeks ago, he was able to teach the Sunday school class he's a part of. He did it, and I think it went good, and we talked about it. But I asked him a question at the end, and it was one of those like, oh, moments. And the question I asked, like, so what, what did you want everyone in your Sunday school class to obey when you were done? And he was like, oh. You know, and he had, he had imparted knowledge, but he had not necessarily brought it down to a point of obedience. And that is so important, so key. I myself still find that I have problems with that sometimes, especially in the American church. Even putting it out there, it's so difficult for people to think in terms of, I'm going to actually obey this, or there's something specific for me to obey today. Most of our training isn't taught that way, and so it can be problematic. And what we have found in other places sometimes is someone who just comes to the Lord, and that's brought into there from the very beginning. They can actually grow really fast, and it's really good. And part of it is just because they haven't had all these years of deep knowledge training without any obedience tied to it. So anyway, that was a good aha moment for him. And then we talked about the same thing, okay, in Bible studies. Because that's one of the things I've wondered for him. When you study this Bible passage, can you articulate like, what does God want you to do out of this passage? How does this change your life? If you really believe this is God's words, how do you change your life? And so that, together with asking him what about his guys, what they're obeying, that's all been good. We also spent some time, uh, one of the things I like about Disciple A is that he spent some time with lost people, and he works around them, and he's not afraid to bring Jesus up at all. And so we talked about a guy that he works with, uh, that is lost and had, had shared some things and asked some things. And so I gave him some tips and just talked through some different ways to think on some of those things. Uh, real proud of him for doing that and being a part of that. Hopefully, it's one of those ideas, like part of what he said is like, I, you know, I invited him to church, which is fine, fine and good enough. It's not, it's not wrong, but it's better to invite them to Jesus. And and that'll get them to church, you know, like let them fall in love with Jesus and then introduce him to the bride. And those things can happen together. You can bring them. I'm not saying I'm not saying that, but I am saying I was encouraging him to think through, like, what is it you want to challenge this guy on? I think this guy has a really vicious, uh, not vicious, a foul mouth. And I say, like, why, why even care about that? Like, until he until he loves Jesus, then why, why would he clean up his language? Like, that's not what I want to fix. I don't want him to think he has to clean himself up in order to come to Jesus. I want him to come to Jesus, and Jesus will clean him up. Anyway, still still really glad he's out there doing it, and that's something I would like to be, that I always want to see myself growing in, is in more good conversations with lost people. Sometimes it's a delicate balance. The best answer is always looking around to seeing what Jesus is doing in their life and being a part of that. 
And then we'd spent some time, he and I have been going through a chronological series through the Bible, uh, different stories in a chronological order. And uh, one of the questions he came up with was like, why does Israel sin so much? You know, and so we discussed that and we discussed some about the law and what the purpose of the law was, the Mosaic law, and how that relates to us. And just, again, helping him get a bigger picture of the Bible, a bigger picture of the big story of God. So anyway, that is an update on Disciple A. He's still doing good. I'm still really proud of him. Still working on him, and uh, he's still working on some other guys, and he's making progress there. He's doing a real good job of being patient with them, slowly helping them grow too. Proud of him for that too. So that's the update. I hope this is encouraging and helpful to you. If it is, let me know. And if it is, you know, give us a like on iTunes or wherever you listen to face, uh, Facebook, wherever you listen to your podcast app, and uh, tell a friend about us. Thanks. Thanks.